Hello and welcome. This is Allison Hassler and Russell Williams. We are here with Small Town Big Business, our podcast to talk to you about the why and the how great businesses thrive in towns of 50,000 population or less. And we are here in Marion, Illinois. We're coming to you from the Citadel building right here on Tower Square Plaza. And it's the home of Ethos Marion. We're an emerging small business incubator co-sharing working spaces. Alice and I are interviewing successful business people, particularly in Marion, Illinois, but also the surrounding Midwest community. If you want to connect with us, you can connect through Russell at watermarkethos.org. Thank you so much for joining us and hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and join us for another upcoming episode of Small Town Big Business. Well, welcome to Small Town Big Business, why small businesses thrive in small towns in middle America. Uh, we are your host. I'm Russ Williams. And I'm Allison Hassler. We're glad that you joined us today. We're going to be interviewing successful business owners in Marion, Illinois, and the surrounding communities. And we're coming to you from our location here on Tower Square Plaza, as you might be able to see behind us. And a very historic building, 107-year-old neoclassical building that started as a bank here in downtown Marion. Had closed as a bank, later on became a hotel, Mm -hmm. and is now in the process of being renovated uh, to become home of what's called Ethos. Acronym is Entrepreneurial and Technical Opportunities. Uh, Of course, ethos is an old Greek word. It means character or value. So someone could have ethos, could have character. But I think today we use it more for like your business or your community has character or values. And so we're using that as the uh, name of the project that's all about uh, small businesses and how to grow small businesses, attract them to Marion, Illinois and our surrounding communities and also find some of those emerging small businesses here in the town uh, and, and in the region. Um, so we're, it's going to be a small business incubator um, with co-sharing workspaces. And we're just going to be trying to create that synergy and that co-sharing uh, ecosystem uh, in order to marry very successful businesses here in Marion to those that might be startups to those entrepreneurs that have something on their mind that they would love to grow and become prosperous uh, with those uh, small businesses. And so we're going to talk more about ethos as we go along, but that's where we're coming from. Um, Allison, we said we're in Marion, Illinois. Yeah. Can you tell us more about our community? Oh, man. Our community is fantastic. And I'm not saying that just because I work for the city, (laughs) but I do. And If you aren't from the area and you're listening in, Marion, Illinois is at the very southern, almost the southern tip of Illinois. It is in a primarily rural location, although Marion is a very robust, around 17,000 population and growing. And what we have looked at is that there has been a lot of growth over the years. We have grown in population as well as industry. Uh, Over the last 10, even 20 years, a lot of that had really grown into what we would call the Western industrial and commercial side of the city. And what we've looked at in the last couple of years 
is really revitalizing that downtown. And if you're from a small town, if you're from somewhere that's less than 50,000 people, then you most likely have that downtown plaza just like we do, that square or where the old courthouse sets or where the old bank set. And, you know, there's some that have been revitalized so successfully and then some that have so much potential to continue being revitalized. And I think that that's why it's really great for us to be able to sit here in the Citadel building. It's a a landmark building for us to be able to talk about how and why to, to invest in small towns. And when we talk about small towns, we're pretty well roughing that around the 50,000 50, population and under mark. Yeah. So uh, I am from a small town of what used to be 3,200 and is now about 2,900. So I'm from a very, very small town. And the things that we're going to be talking about to, uh, this with this podcast and the it, types of interviews that we're going to have those towns can also benefit from this. So it's really more for that, um, you know, looking at how you thrive and what makes you want to stay in a small town. And, and this is in the, the concept of business ownership. Tell us about some of the great things that are happening in Marion because some of the things are emerging emerging in the last year or two, and then we've got some vision for the next few years. Sure. So I will have to give my hats off to my boss, the mayor, Mike Absher. He did sell a vision that was very clear about revitalizing downtown, as well as some of the addressing some other issues that we have. We have a um, a pretty large mall that has um, been shut down for several years. He had some ideas for that. And really what happened with that vision is that people people bought in. And it was a great thing because not only now do we have government putting our investment in, but we also have private investors that have also contributed to that. So we have... I believe four uh, buildings, not including the Citadel, that's just in the downtown neighborhood that's getting revitalized as we speak, all from private investors. Uh, some of that is with some state funding and possibly later on we'll get some federal funding with that. But these are all private investors that have cons- that are buying in to really investing in their small town. And I think that's really great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about why Marion, Illinois, for example, is a great place to start a small business and why it's a great place for Ethos, a, a small business incubator, to get started. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that Marion's very unique situation here in Southern Illinois. It is the center of activity. Uh, geographically, we're right in the center of what the region we call Southern Illinois. We're right on the major interstate, 57, which leads from Chicago down to uh, southeastern Missouri. And so, um, and then we're kind of at the crossroads too, in that we're not far from 64 that runs mm-hmm. from St. Louis to Louisville, Kentucky. And then we're also on uh, Highway 13. And so, as you said, downtown area used to be the major business um, 
place and, and, and it kind of moved towards the west a little bit with 57. Mm-hmm. And now we've got our renewal, revitalization of the downtown area. Mm-hmm. And I just think our, our business has a history here is that we've got a, a great history of small business development. And we're going to be interviewing those successful business people that have been part in some way developing those businesses or maybe inherited those businesses from a generation before. And it's exciting to see how successful they are. But what I love is how those successful businessmen are looking outward of how can they develop the next generation. Uh, Of course, leadership development is something that I'm you know, I have a passion and love for. So to see it on the business side, how do our business leaders really extend their knowledge, their expertise, their experience to help somebody else develop a business, which is sort of the ethos concept is a small business incubator, but also an ecosystem that helps people develop businesses from those people that have already done it. Um, those people that have the experience and the wisdom and knowledge. You mentioned the mayor. He's one of those, and we're going to interview him next week talking about his start in small business and business growth here in this area, but also just the abundant mindset uh, of this community. How do people you know, think beyond themselves, think of a bigger picture, and how do they help others? How do they focus on that social impact? Um, for community organizations, but also for business development. And I just think that's unique. I don't know if that exists everywhere throughout the United States. I think it certainly took a hit during COVID because all businesses took a hit during COVID. Mm -hmm. But now we've got that opportunity to emerge, you know, kind of a resurrection experience and for small businesses to come from maybe Maybe they've started at home, maybe a business idea has developed, and now they're looking at getting out into the community and scaling up and having maybe office space or maybe um, some support. It could be funding support. It could be, you know, the eco environment where you're connecting with professionals like CPAs and attorneys and other small business or large business owners and just learning from them, listening and learning and trying to apply things, making mistakes as entrepreneurs need to do mm-hmm. and to learn and grow from those mistakes, but have, you know, the business coaches and the business consultants really be surrounded by them and being able to develop and grow. Have you experienced that here in Marion, Illinois with support from other business leaders, um, maybe even consultants and coaches? How has your particular business been able to grow? Yeah, so I am a business owner and that is something that I have been so appreciative of being able to tap into the resources that already exist here. So there, I don't have a storefront. I run uh, Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals, and they are trickled throughout the Southern Illinois region. But I have tapped into the intrinsic resources that we have, leadership development, which that is how we got to become friends because yeah. I've taken your courses. And I've also tapped into talking to other business owners that are within the same industry as me, uh, being able to pick their brain. And and maybe it is a nuance that is unique to Marion, Illinois, or Southern Illinois, or the bigger swath of the Midwest. But I truly feel like there is an abundance mindset that, at least in my, my view, I see it daily. And... I really feel like a rising tide rises all ships. And that unique piece is what helps each one of us become successful in our own businesses. Uh, in, in addition to the leadership resources, I've been able to con- 
consult other industry leaders just to talk about, you know, their preferred vendors on certain aspects or, you know, ways to find private funding um, or private investors for different projects and things like that. So um, being able to know where those networks are and how to tap into those networks are really important. And that's where the Citadel or, and the Ethos uh, has become very complementary to what the city projects are doing as a uh, community programs director, where some of our projects and some of our efforts have intertwined a little bit and has been able to complement each other and be able to get the people, get the right people to the right resources. Yeah. Right. Well, and of course, there's many people, folks that are watching us or listening to us, and they, they may not know about Marion, Illinois at, at mm-hmm. all. And I mentioned earlier how things are, are quickly happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the mural project, for instance. Can you mm-hmm. talk just a little bit about the mural project? And how you see that as complementary to business growth? Sure. So we have a mural, pro- mural district underway. And this started, um, I would say, middle of summer last year. And part of that was a result, direct result of COVID. So there was a effort that we had already identified or a vision that was already identified with the mayor that he wanted to see murals or mural district. And then once COVID hit, our, you know, our civic center director who has the ability to paint murals was essentially laid off or wasn't able to to do any venue performances. So he got a team together with, uh, you know, Union Street Arts director, uh, Luke O'Neill and Sean Vincelet. Sean Vincelet, who's an artist that grew up in Marion, but now lives in Atlanta. And between the three of them, they had started a few murals in and around the downtown district. And about the same time, there was some grant funding available that I applied for for us to do 10 murals. So we were able to write in that grant. Um, Unfortunately, we did not receive the funding, but we did carve out that budget for us to be able to continue with the project, whether or not we were going to receive the funding. So we're moving forward. We have nine that are currently underway. It's going to be, uh, gosh, it's just so exciting. It gives me chills to even talk about it. Uh, But what that does to the community is that, for one, the community was engaged every step of the way. So we did a formal solicitation of artists. We talked about it very publicly about what we were looking for, what the building owners were looking for. And we didn't have a very specific theme. The theme was really more what the business owner wanted um, to go on their building. So we treated this very much like the metropolitan mural districts that you see in you know Nashville and Atlanta and Chicago, that there wasn't this truly historic theme. There's going to be art that appeals to everyone. And that's a really big deal when you talk about tourism and creating that environment, that that energy that is in the air when people get out of their cars and walk around and are able to just enjoy being in the environment. And that is huge for economic growth. So it's one thing to have a 
historic mural that is on the side of a building where people can just drive by and say, that's really cool. And it's a whole other one when you have an entire wall that is so beautiful that people want to stop, get out, take pictures. And while they're stopped and getting out, they want to grab coffee or they want to grab a donut or something from the bakery. So there's, and then they may see that there's a boutique store that they would want to pop into. So there's a, an economic growth component to what we're doing and every piece that we're doing and not just the, um, the mural district project, but some of the other projects that are going on, such as the asphalt art program and uh, our project alleyways, things like that, we're, we are doing this with economic growth in mind. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. And, I, and I love how uh, social media has, you know, interactive with, with Mary Illinois and this mm-hmm. mural project. You know, if we had done this 20 years ago, we didn't have that aspect. No. <laughs> but these murals are being taken much further than just coming to Marion and see them. Now, the social media attracts people here. They're like, oh, next time I come back to Southern Illinois or maybe intentionally come to Marion, Illinois yeah. to see the mural. That's what we hope is that, you know, by the end of summer, we're going to have how many? So by the end of summer, we will have, I believe, 14. 14 yeah. or 15 murals. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. What a draw for downtown businesses. What a draw for Marion, Illinois. We just recently went to Nashville and went to some of the mural districts in Nashville. And you know, many of them are interactive like we're doing here uh, where families could go take photos and again, put it on social media. Just a fun thing to do, yeah. but inspiring too. I mean, the, the hope and inspiration, especially as we've been, you know, in this past year in our homes because of COVID or not in businesses or not necessarily in public spaces, just is really attractive to be in outdoor venues and be able to, to see, experience, um, and then share these, you know, yeah. again, with social media. I'm so excited about the Mural Project and so glad that you've, you and Josh Benson, right? Yep have been able to put this together. I don't know if you mentioned Josh, but Josh is the executive director for the Marion uh, Cultural and, and Civic Center. Did I forget to say Marion. his name? I, I said his title and that's it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask yeah. you more questions because not only are you director of community programs, which mm-hmm. is what you've been talking about uh, with Marion, Illinois, mm-hmm. but you're an entrepreneur. You and your husband, Michael, yeah. have started several businesses. And so do you have a business degree? No. Really? No, my, I have a master's of public health. Really? Yep. So how did you get started <laughs> in business? And at the same time, can you also think about um, that experience and how it either drew you in or you learned from you know those experiences, those mistakes and things? Because I really want people who are listening to kind of learn that they don't have to have a business degree in order to start a business or they don't have sure. to have lots and lots of experience in yeah. order to start a business. Really, entrepreneurism is about startup, is, is oh, putting, putting an idea into action. Some of our, you know, we, I know of two great business owners right off the top of my head that are amazingly successful that didn't graduate high school. So, you know, this is, entrepreneurship is it is its own animal. And that's what is so beautiful about it because there's no right way or wrong way. It is 
truly in its own form, the most organic thing that you can do with business. Um, so that is not the way that I was born. I am a very structured person. I like rules. I like instruction. And so entrepreneurship was a really foreign, uh, foreign thought for me. My husband has always been an entrepreneur, so I've always been part of his process. But what was I, his first business? So his first business was a mechanic shop when okay. we lived in Northern Illinois or okay. Central Illinois. Yeah. And he did really great with that. He did decide to sell it when we, uh, when we made the decision to move to Southern Illinois after I came home from a military deployment. So when we moved here, he took a job as a master tech mechanic at a really great, um, great business. You know, we had all of the things, the retirement and the, um, you know, the health insurance and all of the, all of the nuts and bolts of a, of a big business. And he worked there for a few years and he just, his heart was just not in it. And he just could not be satisfied with going to work anymore. So he, he left that, started his own business called American Shoreline. And he started it from the ground up. It was a new concept for around here. I think the closest, um, even the concept of shoreline revetment uh, by water was maybe Springfield, Illinois area, and they had a completely different setup. But essentially, he would do shoreline work for waterfront properties on the water. So he had a barge and a pushboat. He had a excavator on the barge and moved the rock from that barge onto the shoreline for riprap. Um, he did beaches and other things too, primarily riprap. And so he made this very successful business, decided to sell the business. And How many years in that business? Uh, let's see. He was in the business for eight years, I believe, right. before he sold. And when he sold it, we he took the first installment of payments and decided to... Um, what what we jokingly refer to as our sabbatical uh, entrepreneurship. So we bought a 50-foot motor yacht, 50-foot, um, yes, motor yacht that we chartered on Kentucky Lake. So the new business was called Kentucky Lake Boat Charters. It was a beautiful boat. We It slept 10 people comfortably. We would have, um, you know, half-day or full-day charters that, and it was a pleasure boat. So we had a lot of bachelorette parties and, you know, 40th or 50th birthday parties. A lot of those, um, that was a lot of our audience. And it was it was great fun. We did it for probably four seasons and realized that logistically it just didn't make sense anymore yeah. because we were getting so full and so busy that we were yeah. running back and forth so much that it just didn't make sense for us to continue going. So we sold the boat decided to re-look at an idea that we had a few years before that, which was to build cabins on the back five acres of our estate. And we went ahead and moved forward with that, knowing that that would probably be my baby, that we would go ahead, even though that I would continue working full-time, we would go ahead and start that process. And while we were there, I this was, we were probably not even halfway into building out our first two cabins. And I get fired from my mm. job. And it was devastating. Yeah. I was in public health. I worked for the state. Um, I loved my job. And I really felt like I was at the highest 
point of where I could be uh, with my degree field and what I could do. And it was so devastating. And then (laughs) that following month, my husband, as he was working on the cabins, um, he thought he tore his meniscus. And he's like, I think I I need to go to the doctor Mm. for this. And then a couple of days later, he says, man, my hips hurt. I just, I can't hardly move. And then a couple of days later after that, he couldn't move his shoulders. And it was almost like he was slowly being paralyzed. So after a few rounds of this, and he ends up being sidelined and literally bedridden for a few weeks, we end up in the ER and they test him and they test, they do a few blood tests and find out that he has rheumatoid arthritis. And that torn meniscus was really the straw that broke the camel's back inside of his body and it just inflamed everything all at once. So I'm without work. <laughs> My husband can't work mm-hmm. and we don't know how long that's gonna last. And we go through this time of, you know, there was this moment where we looked at each other like, okay, how do we stay in this house? How do we make a house payment? How do we do any of this? And then it dawned on me that it's it's really up to me to move forward with this vision of entrepreneurship for myself and really taking that in as my own. So Fast forward into that summer, we were doing the charter boat full-time. Our cabins were taking off really well, and we were able to get out of it. My husband's health did improve. He is able to maintain um, most function most of the time. and uh, But we went into this, or at least I went into entrepreneurship in a very odd way because I didn't necessarily ask for it in that full-time focus, but it happened. And if I did not have the resources that were available to me when I started that and took that leap of faith, then I don't know if I could have been as successful as I was. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do, I know that I would not have wanted to do it any other place than where we are because I love our community and being able to be engaged and involved. And for even those that, because I'm in the tourist industry, I don't necessarily market to this area, right? Yeah. So I mark, yeah. when I market, I market to Chicago and to St. Louis. And I don't really spend my advertising dollars locally because it's, you know, we're, I'm in the tourist industry. Yeah. But for those, for for the network of professionals that are in the area to be able to say, yeah, I know, I know about your business and I hope that you do well and offer their resources that are available to you. That's, that's the beauty of living in a town like Marion and to living in this, you know, what I call middle America where the competition is there, but it's not, this scarcity mindset that is so cutthroat that you feel like you're scraping and trying to be scrappy every minute of the day to get ahead of the next person. Yeah. 
you know, I belong to several organizations within the tourist industry. I uh, belong to the Southern Illinois, I'm sorry, the Shawnee Wine Trail Lodging Association, where we help each other with resources and accountability and with, you know, guests and Mm -hmm. guest issues and things like that. And I see that around with so many of the professional networks in this area. Um, So I just... I love it, and that's how I was in. Became in the business, and that slowly has emerged into something much bigger, which is um, hosting for other properties. Mm-hmm. So the Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals is now the bigger spoke and wheel, so to speak, or yeah. I guess you could say the umbrella business of all of my companies. So Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals is the big umbrella. Yeah. My cabins, damn near Lake of Egypt Cabins, is just one of those properties um, that has three cabins on it now. And then I have about five other properties that uh, that I manage as well Yeah, that I host. Well, you did the perfect story of how somebody who doesn't have a business degree and I've heard you say before, well, I'm not the entrepreneur, Michael, my husband's an entrepreneur, yeah. <laughs> of how you can really blossom and grow because of settings, because of community support, of being in the right place and at the right time too. Because I've, I've known you for a little while and I've seen that growth and that's exciting. You're a r- remarkable person. I don't know if you know this or not, but many of our, our potential prospects, entrepreneurs that are really starting business uh, just in the last year, um, look towards you, yeah. you know, and and, and they want to hear from you and, they, and they're inspired by you, not just because of the number of things that you do, because you are involved in a lot of different things, community, fundraising, um, entrepreneurship, but because of how you've done it so well is that you've you've learned and grown in the areas that you may have lacked or had even a weakness or something, and you relied on your strengths to take you a little bit further and that's exciting. That's why I like to be around you. And this is, I love, love to interview you too, because those are things that I think we all need to, you know, we needed somebody to learn from. We need somebody to come alongside us that may not be that far ahead of us, but is alongside of us. And, sure. you know, with those struggles and those challenges, because we all have them, because whether it's COVID related or whether it's our own ideas about ourselves and what we're capable of doing or what we think we're not capable of doing. I've seen that growth and that's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. That's well, thank awesome. Thank you very much. It's it's not without a lot of growing pains, but that's yeah. just part of being a small business is, yeah. you know, with the growth, you get the growing pains and right. it's, it's healthy for you to be able to do that. And um, it's been exciting. It's been a great journey. Um, We'll see where the next few years takes it. Uh, I'm very excited because I don't intend to stop growing at any time soon. And it's, but I've definitely been vulnerable in a way that I let the learning in. (laughs) And and sometimes it's not as easy as, as it looks, but, um, but that's, you know, that's part of being able to succeed. And I, I do want to bring this back to a benefit that we've had just in the last year of COVID. And I, I don't want to keep our conversation centered around that, but in the tourism industry alone, Marion and the surrounding area has increased, by my personal numbers, increased in tourism activity because we have so much nature around us. Mm. We have state parks. We have 
federal parks and the, the Shawnee National Forest. And we see that those traditional vacationers that mm -hmm. still want to get away, they're going to get away. They're going to get away from the city and maybe now more than ever because they want to get away from the, popu the populated areas. We had seen a tremendous growth in the tourist piece of that, or at least the lodging area, mm -hmm. because people want to get away from the cities. Yeah, and we have, I, I call it the COVID surge that we got. So yeah. we were at 90% occupancy for several months in a row last year. Yeah. I don't expect for it to continue that way. I, I should be a little more optimistic that it will, yeah. but, um, but it put this area on the map because right. those that maybe um, visit more metropolitan areas for vacation, yeah. suddenly we're looking for where to go where I can still socially distance, yeah. I can still have a few amenities, and they found us. Yeah. And I think that that's really great, and that's just one of the benefits of being in a less populated area right. that you can still thrive and you can still grow and you can still have that really great business. Yeah. And I'm excited to interview other people. Yeah. And, and as you were saying, I think because of COVID, there's been in this season that we're co hopefully coming out of that there's been so many people that have been displaced. They, they've either lost their job or their job has changed where they've had to go yeah. home and work. And that's given a chance for people really to reflect and examine their own lives and what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And as you said, some of them are, are thinking about, well, you know, that hour or that hour and a half drive into work, yeah. that doesn't seem like it's as important as it used to be. Um, that I, and, and working from home, that was good for a while but it's not something that I want to. So that remote work and being able to find a place that has a growth mindset, abundant mindset environment mm -hmm. where we can learn from entrepreneurs like you, and you're a great example that, is, that wants to, other people to succeed. You want to see them succeed and to grow, and you're willing to share that. You're not looking inward, but you're looking at how, how can I use my own experience and wisdom. And as I said earlier, we have a huge number of those people here in this community and, and surrounding communities that are not, they're competitive maybe in their field, but not competitive in the area of helping other people grow and learn and become better. Yeah. And so again, this is time, I think um, it's right right now for Marion, Illinois, but it's right right now for a small business incubator, for co-sharing workspaces like yeah. Ethos at the Citadel. So I'm excited about that part. Maybe we can sure. talk more about that too. Yeah, my so. a very tangible example of this is that I, um, with the inspiration of my Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals Company, where I am hosting other people's property, people may look at that as if I am putting myself in a conflict of interest because I am essentially trying to get uh, people to book with my cabins, and I'm also getting trying to get people to book with other people's properties. Mm -hmm. But what they don't see is that I am so passionate about giving uh, giving guests a five star, ten star review or a ten star atmosphere and experience that I know that when they have a great experience at one place, whether it's one of my cabins or somewhere not affiliated with me, when they have that great experience, not just with their place of lodging, but when they went out to eat and when they went shopping mm -hmm. and when they 
went to the Civic Center or when they went to a concert at a private venue, when they have that great experience, then they're going to go back and tell other people about where they went and what they did. Those people that now have an interest in visiting the area, they all can't go to the exact same place at the exact same weekend. They have to find other places. So there is an infinite amount of tourists that are available to us. And when we all look good and we all give that great experience, then we will exponentially have more tourists to be able to provide. That's excellent. So that is my inspiration for uh, helping other hosts, hosting other properties, and really making sure that the lodging, you know, the private lodging, which is called short-term rentals, you know, most people refer to it as their, your Airbnbs and vacation rental by owners, but your short-term rentals, my passion is to make sure that we all have a great experience to give yeah. to our guests. It's all ships rise, right? Absolutely. And high tide. Yep. The yeah. rising tide rises all ships. That's and that awesome. is That is so true. That's excellent. So Russ, we've been friends for a few years, right? Yeah. I think... And you might need to correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were introduced, it was right when uh, I was getting my entrepreneurship legs. Oh. So this would have been in 2018. I probably still was panicking and thought that I was going to lose my house, yeah. but we were well on our way with our small business and moving forward and me moving forward as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And we were introduced at a social, uh, I believe it was a, a ribbon, ribbon cutting. cutting. Yes, yeah. a ribbon cutting in, in town. And we've been pretty good friends since, but we got together because, and the reason why we were introduced was because you offer leadership courses. Yeah. And apparently our friend thought that I needed... <laughs> <laughs> needed some leadership courses. That's a good friend. That's a good <laughs> so friend. So he introduced us and let us and made that connection for us so that uh, you invited me and several others to the leadership meetings. I ended up yeah. going to, I think, two or three. I found a huge benefit to them. I ended up being at one of the executive leadership meetings as well. Mm-hmm. So walk people through that. I know I can give them experience yeah. from my perspective, but walk through how you got involved in that sure. and what you, what you do. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm from here. I'm from Southern Illinois and was raised probably about 20 miles from here, small farm that my mom and dad still live on, which is a very neat experience. Um, I graduated college and moved away from this area thinking that I would not come back. There's many of us that think, well, this is not where we want to stay. We want to go find our roots somewhere else. And and uh, it, it, something had drawn us back. But I say over the last 30 plus years that I've been in the people development field is that first I was in ministry and still am involved in ministry in some ways, but I was a youth pastor for 15 years. So I was on that spiritual growth, people development side of that. Um, I did that through a denomination and that took me to Georgia twice, uh, once in Marietta, Georgia, and once in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Graduated with a seminary degree down in Atlanta. Had been moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and also did that in St. Louis and here in Southern Illinois. But when I moved back here in 2003, although I continued to take mission trips, um, I started doing fundraising. So I went from the people development on the side of spiritual growth to the people development on the fundraising side 
on the generosity side. And I still say that's people development because what I was doing was inviting people to become something bigger than themselves and being able to invest in that through their resources, through their money. Mm -hmm. And so I work with a couple nonprofits. I end up at Brim Preparatory School, which is a private school here in Southern Illinois. Um, And I was foundation director for about eight and a half years. And as I did that, I learned more and more about leadership and really fell in love with a passion to help other people develop their leadership. Um, Became involved in what's called the John Maxwell team. And John Maxwell, as most people know, is one of our prolific writers and teachers and speakers in the field of leadership and personal growth. Um, He's exactly um, 20 years older than me, so he's a good mentor in looking ahead but he has written probably up to 80 or 90 books on leadership. Wow. Uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Growth is probably his most popular one. 15 Laws of Growth is another one. And, and so John Maxwell has been inspirational for me and, and has led me to helping other people grow in their leadership. And so what you were invited to was a mastermind group. And mastermind is simply a group of peers that come together to help people learn and grow. We kind of focus on leadership topics, sometimes just general personal growth. Well, that's what got me involved in the Ethos Project too, because it's the leadership development and business consulting that it's one of the personal growth opportunities uh, to help people. And that's what I love about leadership development is that you're able to help people, you know, take an idea um, and many people may have tried the idea. They volunteered to do that idea, but they haven't pulled the trigger. They haven't taken the risk to do that. And so we've got a lot of inspirational, prospective um, entrepreneurs, yeah. um, but they wouldn't see themselves that way. Um, it may just be a dream. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about where would they like to take their business idea. And on a scale from one to 10, one it being a pipe dream, to 10, let's do it and let's do it now. That's a great question for people because it gives the, you know, the layout of where they are. Thank God these folks said 10, you know, and these are great examples of um, a program, what ethos could provide Mm -hmm. because they just need um, encouragement. They might need uh, financial support, some funding. They might need um, somebody like you, someone who has a little further ahead, has been there and done that, but really just in recent years and has also done it during the COVID season and have been gone through the challenge, you know, looking at things not at, but through is a great example of how to help people get a little bit further in their walk in life um, and develop their own business. Because if you just look at something, it can look really challenging. It can look like a wall that's gonna stop you or at least make you pause. But instead, if you look through, you can look at all the alternatives and the different ways of looking at something that, that can lead you through the challenges. Because COVID's not our only challenge. We've got all those challenges, some of them economic, some of them real, some of them imagined, you know, so many of those things that I help people with in my coaching are just the things that we've been told in life. And whether they were true or not, we've developed an idea of what that means for us. And that idea has held us in a box, Mm -hmm. held us literally, um, 
within ourselves so not to try something new because we were told, or well, at least we thought we were told, that we might be bad at that particular thing. Many of those things are money things, like finances. Yep. Like they would love to be able to pursue their dream, but once they hit putting together a budget or, or what it might take in order to accomplish that, that money thing scares them, right? Yeah. The sales scares them. And you know, I love how ethos and your involvement with that and your background really are coming together to not just as a simple, a co-sharing space in this beautiful building that in and of itself, I think is very inspiring to get your creative juices flowing, but you are presenting for those startups and for those entrepreneurs that are getting, getting their first, you know, couple of steps in where you're asking, what are your barriers? Mm -hmm. And you are able to connect them with resources that are going to break down those barriers. But then you also are, you have the leadership skills to be able to help them identify if those barriers are in their mind yeah. or if those are real tangible barriers that need tactical solutions. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that um, that ethos is going to, to be able to provide that. Yeah. Well, we all should be learning what our strengths are, right? We both have done the Clifton Strengths yep. Finder. And so some of my top strengths personally is positivity, uh, connectiveness, uh, belief, and that includes belief in people. And so to use those strengths in, in coaching and here at the Ethos Project um, is really just awesome. It's, it's just you know inspiring and, and makes me want to get up and go in the morning. Um, connecting people, you know, that's, that's a really good strength to have. Not everybody has it. Not everybody yep. can think beyond right? How do the, these two people match up? Yep. Uh, when someone has a need, um, there's always somebody that can meet that need or some other resource that might be able to meet that need. But how do you have access to that? And I love that, you know, being the person in the middle that, that makes that connection. Um, recently went to a Chamber of Commerce meeting. Mm -hmm. And as you know, chamber, chambers are so different. Mm -hmm. And there's so many reasons to be involved in chamber. And many of them have values that, that are great. But we all have to find what our own value at those chamber meetings might yeah. be. And so I got to sit with two people that I knew, but they didn't know each other. One was a bank manager, a manager of a local bank, happened to be my neighbor. <laughs> and then another person was a photographer and, and was a, was a one-person photography company. And mm -hmm. she's been up here using the spaces for photography. Yeah. And I just said, hey, Susan, have you met Ashton? Ashton, have you met Susan? And then I just put, you know, I stuck my nose. I'm good at sticking my nose in, <laughs> in some areas. But I stuck my nose in there and said, Ashton, does your bank do they use professional headshots and who do they use? And that opened up the conversation. And by the end of the lunch, they had exchanged business cards and I think pursued maybe a business relationship there. Well, I left fulfilled. Yeah. You know, I left that I had just simply done my job. I didn't have to get into the details. All I had to do was connect. Yeah. And that's what I think, you know, one of my roles here with Ethos is to make those connections. But another is just, as I said, the positivity and the belief in people. I, I just sometimes too positive, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm too optimistic. But that's encouraging and that's inspiring. And I love to do that with people. So this podcast has been a dream for us. We've what we've talked about this for almost a year. 
uh, on our bicycle rides. Uh, you yep. know, we've been bicycle partners at lunchtime. And so um, we've talked about podcasts and we talked about how to reach people and tell them all the great things about our community and business opportunities too. And so small town, big business, tell us a little bit more about that vision. Sure. So, you know, there was this question that I had in my mind that really was, okay, what barriers do people have to relocating to a a town the size of Marion? So, you know, part of my job is to recruit business owners and entrepreneurs into our city or help lift them up if they're already here. And I was thinking, what is it? What is, what are the barriers? Because in my rose-colored lenses, I see very minimal barriers mm-hmm. to having a business, a thriving business in a smaller town versus a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to interview successful business owners in Marion or in any town with that roughly 50,000 population or under mm-hmm. and really find out from them what really are the barriers? What are your opportunities? What keeps you staying there? And if you had to do it over again, why would you still choose this small town instead of going to a bigger populated area for your business? And I have this hypothesis that it is quality of life. You know, we have a lower cost of living as most smaller towns do. We have community that is engaged and civic servants all around us. And there is this opportunity to just feel connected and have that intrinsic sense of purpose in your business that I don't feel that you can get from a really large metropolitan area, or at least not to the extent that you can in Marion and in places like Marion. So... We have this title, our our running title, Small Town Big Business, and it truly is about interviewing our successful businesses and finding out what those are, what those barriers are. So so the audience, to me, absolutely our community and our community of um, individuals, business owners, the people that know the people that we're interviewing, but also for those people that are maybe considering relocating back to a smaller area. Of course, we would love for them to choose Marion, but we're, you know, open to the idea that maybe they want to go back to their hometown and start a business and they're still living in the city and don't enjoy that one hour commute or don't enjoy the cutthroat environment that they're living in or that high cost of living. And those that are sitting on that fence and considering starting a job or starting an, uh, a business, what benefits and resources they have by choosing a small town. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this show is about showing people the way. Yeah. It's not just showing the people way geographically, which we believe has great value to be here in the Midwest and mm-hmm. Southern Illinois, and in particular, Marion, Illinois, mm-hmm. but also show them the way in, as far as taking their ideas yeah. and helping them be successful and fulfilling that potential dream that yeah. they have. And so showing them the way, we have looked at these successful business people that we've been surrounded by, quite blessed to 
be that way, whether it be, be from our mayor, who is a mm -hmm. successful business person, yep. to a whole number of people that we're going to be interviewing in upcoming yeah. episodes and listen to them. Listen to them about how they got into their business. Yeah. Some by mistake or right. <laughs> some was not a life plan for them. They thought they might be doing something opposite and maybe have tried something in a different direction. Yeah. But now they're here and they're successful and they've uh, raised, maybe raised a family and raised a multi-employee business and have been very successful. I'm excited about the upcoming weeks because I, I we know some of these people. Yeah. We've not heard all their stories yet, yeah. but they're exciting because they show us the way. So Allison, what can people expect from this small town big business podcast and episodes? Oh man, I am so pumped about the lineup that we already have and we're filling in our interview times. And those interviews are with successful businesses and what we're going to interview them about is not so much their successful business now, but that origin story of how they got into their business and how it became from that card table in the living room, you know, to a multi-million dollar machine. Mm -hmm. And being able to share that experience and that, that origin story. Secondly, we are going to talk about what those barriers are to being in a small town versus what could have been in a metropolitan area and really breaking down those barriers and seeing what, what they were and how they overcame. And ultimately, if they, want, if they were to do it again and do it all over again, what are the benefits and why they would choose to do it again in the small town that they are in? Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. I think that we're going to learn a lot from the business owners, I think we're going to learn a lot of tangible uh, information that you can immediately apply as a business starting out, yeah. which I'm super excited about. I'm ready to learn. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. And so, Allison, yeah. I really appreciate you joining me to be yeah. co-host of this brand new podcast, Small Town Big Business. I believe we're going to release podcast episodes about every two weeks beginning in June 2021. And so whatever your favorite podcast platform might be, be looking for our show, Small Town Big Business with Allison Hassler and Russ Williams. But thank you all for joining us on Small Town Big Business. Russ, how do people find us and if somebody is interested in being an interviewee, yeah. then how do they reach out and get on the show? Yeah, or if they would just like to learn more about Ethos, the co-sharing workspaces and small business incubator that is emerging here in Marion, Illinois, they would simply email me. And so it's russell at watermarkethos.org. And I'm sure we're going to put that on our screen. But russell with two S's and two L at watermarkethos.org. Org. Great. And we want to thank our sponsors for making Small Town Big Business possible. And that includes the Southern Trust Bank and also Fowler Heating and Cooling. And of course, the owner of the Citadel and sponsor of Ethos is the Watermark Foundation.